Production. Recorded live. Shalom. Phone on the record. This is Minister Shedrick Ben Israel, Tribe of Judah, and welcome to Wednesday night's uh, Nucleus Line. The time now is 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 o'clock p.m. Central. And I want to see who's all online right now. Shalom. Going on the record, I can hear Consult Tribe of Judah. Mama. Shalom, brother. Is there anyone else on? Uh, shalom, Sister Adiana. Shalom, Akti Adiana. Is there anyone else? Oh, um, Minister Cedric, um, uh, Brother Ramia, um asked me to let you know he won't be on the call. No problem. I understand. Right. Okay. Problem. Is there anyone else? Okay. Um, let me hold on for just a second. Um, uh, is our Gavin online? Okay. We, uh, Sister Anisha. Hey, Shalom. Aki, how are you? Shalom. Hanging in there. How is everybody? We're fine. I I I didn't think you were gonna be here, Auntie, but I'm so glad. You, I'm glad you're here. I got fifteen percent left. I'm hanging in there. I'm coming. <laughs> yes, ma'am. For as long as it lasts. Yes, ma'am. I just want any. I just want everyone to be here. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad everyone's here. Um, we're missing one more person. Is Auntie Tyra in? Is is Auntie Tyra present? Let me see if I can uh, get the opties uh, here. Hold on for you guys. Give me one second. Uh-oh. Hold on, you guys. Sorry. Shalom, Nation. This is Brother Gavin. Travis Benjamin. Shalom, brother. I'm glad you're here. Um, okay. I'm going to see if she responds. I know she was telling me she um, she wasn't able to do it last week, but I'll see if she responds. Um, so while we are um, going ahead and, excuse me, starting, commencing um, the class tonight, I do want to say that I do apologize that the devils and devils um, uh, um, assignment was not uh, posted or anything wasn't there. Um, That's not necessarily any fault of mine per se, um, but I do want to apologize uh, on behalf of Brother Pre because I knew that we had a conversation about some of the things that he were, he was trying to fix in the university, and I think this was one of those things. So um, I'm pretty sure um, he's going to fix that in time. But in do but um, in the meantime, we're just going to you know go over what it is that we um, 
uh, go over the lessons that we um, aspire to do. So we had some things that we um, were to go over. Um, I think that was covenant and faith in devils and devils, devil and devils. So that um, I assume now that doesn't necessarily... Okay, I'm sorry, I was looking at something else. All right, so I'm going to go down line and ask everyone um, what their response was and what they, you know, received from the lesson. Um, Akira, were you able to review Covenant and Faith? So long, um, yeah. What what was your thoughts on it? What did you take from the assignment? Well, I took uh, contracting is, is is the basic essentials of life. Uh, you contract in everything you do, and uh, with us being on this path, we have a a, a covenant that we contracted into. That's a universal covenant for all. With that, are you? Yes, sir. Uh, does your consort has um, insight that she wants to uh, share with us? Oh, so my bad. We was on mute. So. Uh, no, sir. And I don't have anything I want to share um, at this time. So. Um, Okay, but you did review the assignment as well, no? I did review it. It was about the covenant, and I did review that, yes, sir. Okay. So it was a good review, but I don't have anything to add to it at this time. Okay. Akti Ariana, were you able to review covenant and faith? I I was. I did review it. And what was your what was your um conclusion what were you able to draw from it well i pulled out my documents um the divine covenant and declaration of faith also while i was looking it over and um i see the definitions in here you know from that you have that it's there on the website but i also did some definitions also of the words divine and um i realized that this covenant is between um me and the creator and us, the nation as well, with me, the nation, and with me and the creator. And with that being said, because it is divine, I mean, it's divine. That's what makes it divine is because the creator is, it's between me and the creator. And I take that very serious, like Brother Priest emphasizes a lot about don't rush through, make sure that we understand it. And as I was thinking on that and meditating on that, um, the emphasis about understanding it, you know, getting to know the documents before, you know, like completing them. And I'm sure there are people who probably have come in just for the benefits of doing status changes and all of that. But when I was going over it, and because I realized how serious it is, and it's between me and the creator, I keep coming back to that. I thought about the song, um, Heat wave popped in my head. Ain't no, remember that song? Ain't no half stepping. 
I'm, I'm pretty young, so it, it will go over my head. Ain't no half-stepping. Well, anyway, he talks about ain't no half-stepping. You got to do it good like you know you should. You know, you can't come in like, in other words, I can't, I can't be playing around with it. This is, I, it's, that's how serious it is that I realize that it is. Um, and um, faith, I looked that up also, and it, um, the theolo- theological definition was, um, it said the theological virtue defined as secure belief in God and a trusting acceptance of God's will. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's, that's telling me, you know, this is my accepting the will of the creator in my life. That's, that's, that's all part of this, this covenant that I'm entering into when I um, sign my name and I agree to this covenant. And with that, I yield. Yes, ma'am. So that, Akti. Gavin. Salam, brother. Were you able to review Covenant in Faith? And if so, what what conclusion did you draw from it and um, what do you take from it and um, personally? Well, you have uh, Shalom. Mm-hmm. Well, you have uh, the Covenant and Faith at the top, and then I seen it. it you know, I had some two sub subjugated uh, titles, subtitles, which was Divine Covenant and Declaration of Faith. So, and I went into the the three books I have. I have like three different types of uh, Bibles. One of the Holy, the Holy Bible, which is from the Gideon version, mm-hmm. and then uh, I have the uh, the Holy Name Bible, and I have the the Scriptures Bible. It's called, mm-hmm. and you know, just looking at the the three different ways, the versions that they wrote. You know, in the um, the Gideon Bible, the Holy Bible, it says uh, uh, the one of the chapters. I mean, one of the verses you put in there. From Exodus thirty, I'm sorry, is Exodus, I'm sorry, Exodus thirty four twenty seven, and I'm reading the three different versions of the same chapter. I mean, verse, which it says, "Then the Lord said to Moses, write these words, for according to the tenor of these words, I have made a covenant with you and with Israel." So just like you know, um, brother. The brother and the sisters were saying earlier about the connection that I see between the Lord, you, or me, and the pe- the nation that we're part of. It shows up to me. I saw some sort of a trinity. Yeah, you know, that's how I interpret it, like a trinity of faith. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, the, the correlations between the three. Just looking at the three different ver- the three different versions, I should say, or inter- interpolations, um, was three different ways that they interpreted. I mean, interpolated it, which was, you know, that one I just read, which in in the, I was just trying to break down what what each word meant, like tenor, what does tenor mean? You know, I, I've always heard that word and everything. We broke it down in the Holy Name Bible, which says, um. Let me get to that verse. I'm sorry. Thirty-five, twenty-seven. 
and, and Yahweh said unto the Moses, Write thou these words, for after the tenor of these words, I have made a covenant with thee and with Israel. Almost slightly different, but the same. Some words would change around. Um, but then when I go into the, the scriptures, it breaks it down even more because it's written in like Hebrew. Some okay. words are, are Hebrew written. So I think when they say God, they refer it as, they put it in a Hebrew writing, which could mean Yahweh or um, or God, the Most High. It says, um, and he's, a, you know, I don't know how to interpret that, but it's a Hebrew writing. And the Hebrew writing said to Moshe, write these words, comma, for according to the mouth of these words, I have made a covenant with you and with Israel, with Yisrael, Yisrael, which I saw that tenor means mouth. Mm-hmm. And in most verses you read, you know, it says, you know, God had uttered the word or, you know, pertaining to the mouth, you know, where words come from. Um, you know, I interpret that as being your mouth being the bond between you and your faith uh, in God and the people or your connection or your tie, which is is almost like an infusion of the Trinity. So you have to be careful of what you speak. That's how I see mm-hmm. it. Because of what, what you speak comes to come to life, you know, by using words. Um, that's what I got most of what I see as um, having a, a divine... Um, Covenant, in a sense. Um, the declaration of faith, um, you know, when you, uh, you know, the definition you have here from Blackboard Dictionary is a formal statement um, or an announcement or one embodied in an instrument, which almost ties into what I was saying a little earlier, which is uh, a bond between. Um, a statement that's going to be made in a sense uh, but almost like it, it says also it's a treaty so um, which creates an agreement or a bond or like a uh, how should I say uh, a declaration in a sense which of course a declaration means to to pr- pronounce something, and whether it's on paper or by or by words, but usually by words is the first way you pron- announce something that you believe in, or swear to, or swear by. Mm-hmm. So that's how I, you know, I'm just throwing things out there that I that's coming to mind as I went through the studies and looked at through the different books mm-hmm. and look at the look at the dictionary's point of view. And uh, that's most of what I have with that idea. No problem, brother. Uh, uh Ati Anisha. Salam, Ati. Um, I'm still here. Um, yes, ma'am. I did read it. 
Yes, ma'am. And I actually printed it out. Um, okay. Because with everything that I'm going through right now, it's just so relevant, and it makes it known that everything really is everything. Um, and I find that what Ak Eric said in his consort to what sister, uh, um, what sister Adiana said and Brother Gavin said, it like all is interwoven into the point. Um, Ak Eric and his consort mentioned it being contracting, which is so true. And then Sister Ariana went into the divine aspect of it and how it is an agreement um, for you, specifically for the children of the Most High, the aboriginals of the planet Earth, to be in subjection to the direct will of the Most High, which made me think about um, something that Brother Priest was teaching in the Illuminati podcast and exactly who they are um, when he was talking about the Muslims, the Muslimen, and what that really meant, um, and that Abraham was a Muslim and no uh, Muslim man, and or Muslim, Muslim, mm-hmm. and that that is the faith that he not only imparted upon. Um, Ishmael uh, upon Isaac is also the faith that he also imparted upon Ishmael. And what the the Muslim men or the Muslim, not Muslim, but later, you know, morphed into the word Muslim, um, which is believer, but Muslim man and Muslim, meaning Abraham's entire, every muscle, every fiber of his body, was in subjection to the will of the Most High. And that was a covenant and a contract that he made verbally and consciously with the Most High to be in subjugation to his will. And the stipulation that the Most High or the declaration that the Most High gave to Abram or Abraham in reference to the covenant and contract between them is that if he would be in subjection, if he would be a true Muslim or Muslim man, that his his seed, he would multiply upon the face of the earth and make them a great nation and they would be a holy nation unto him and that they would be the head of the world and that many nations would flock to them for guidance and, and assistance and for, you know, leadership, in a leadership role to understand how to properly worship the creator of all things that are in existence. And then it went, my understanding went over to Brother Gavin when he started talking about tenor, and tenor meaning mouth in the scriptures um, based on the definition that he found, meaning mouth um, uh, in the scriptures that he was reading from. And then I found it really interesting because tenor is like an octave uh, in singing. 
it's like a certain uh, pitch or intonation that you sing at um, in harmony, in vocalizing um, for songs. And then it made me think about, you know, in the beginning the word was God and the word the word was with God and the word was God. And so by everything, you know, by the word he created everything. Mm-hmm. That 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 resonation, that tone um, of creation um, and harmony in which everything is created and created in that which we must vibrate on to be in direct connection with the Holy Spirit, the divine covenant being the Ten Commandments, plus the moral statutes and codes of conduct that were issued forth and handed down to us via Moshe, and then the declaration of the people saying that we promise to live by these laws, statutes, and commandments, not just us, but our children and our children's children for all generations. And then to seal the covenant contract that the Most High issued for and the declaration that the children of Israel gave in agreement there was the sprinkling of the blood over the congregation to seal it. So each one of us didn't have to necessarily put our physical signature to it. Mm-hmm. It was a covenant between a specific bloodline. So where the bloodline was relevant to the actual covenant and declaration that sealed the agreement. Um And that that is, I mean, oh, my goodness, if you even look into the details of what a declaration is, according to Black Lord's seventh edition, where they're talking about, you know, the party, the part of a treaty containing the stipulations in which, under which the parties agree to conduct their actions, or um, a document that governs legal rights to certain types of real property, such as a condominium, or a, a residential subdivision, a listing of the merchandise that a person intends to bring into the United States, the listing is given to U.S. Customs when one enters a, co- a country, evidence of an unsworn statement made by someone having knowledge of facts relating to an event in dispute, um, common law pleading, the plaintiff's first pleading in a civil action is an amplification of the original writ on which the action is founded with the additional circumstances of time, place of injury. In real action, the declaration is called account. Today, the equivalent term in English law is a statement of claim in most American jurisdictions. It's called a petition or a complaint. You just see how everything is everything, and Mm -hmm. that not only are our person's property of the most high, so if our person, our being, our actual essence is properties of the most high, um, then anything that we touched as far as land and real property that was given to us as dominion can't be stripped. 
So it's like it opens up like a whole another can of worms. So this is just like an awesome lesson, and that is what I was thinking regarding today's lesson, and I yield. Praise the Lord. Ta-da, Auntie. And I'm listening to all the responses that I got here, and I must say it's um it's just very uh, enlightening to to hear how how you guys have received this so fast. But I know, I mean, I understand why. I mean, I mean, because it was already in you to begin with, and you know, is you hear it, and so you connect back to it because it's just the reawakening of yourself. When you're reading the scriptures, you are reawakening yourself. It's like it is a resurrectioning of the dead. That is why a testament is seen as the mind in the will and the disposition of the dead. And then the person who is the trustee or the overseer is just a representation in action. It's the de- it's basically the testament in action because the trustee carries out the will of the dead. You guys were dead, and you will soon be made alive. It's 2017, and we have come into a situation where you know, a lot of us are faced with the hardcore truth. You know, our people are suffering because we have turned our backs on our Creator. And a lot of that has to do with dishonoring a covenant that we ourselves made. I don't think people really quite understand the the gravity of of just that statement alone, because they're thinking, well, what man did we turn ourselves on? We shook his hand in agreement. Did we nod our head? Did we go to court and authenticate any document saying that I would agree to do this particular thing? You know, did we do that? And I don't think that people understand, again, that situation is just not that cut and dry because when you are dealing with a people who had generations and generations of knowledge invested in them of which they eventually made practical or they applied it in their everyday lives, you can start to see how if you pay attention to the way that the book is written, you will start to see that this is uh, this entity that they were dealing with was bigger than any man that they had ever did. This was this entity that they were dealing with and calling and praising and declaring a faith to or some type of fidelity or loyalty, too, was bigger than any man, any court, um, 
any contract, uh, just a seal. It's just not that cut and dry. This is the basis for what we see today in terms of court and, and documents and, you know, and contracts, uh, paper contracts and stuff. That is the precursor of it. But what our ancestors obviously were dealing with, again, because we're dealing with people who at one particular time could shake hands in exchange currency. Shaking hands was a form of currency. You understand what I'm saying? So to have somebody who through, I don't know how many, you know, thousands of years of hardcore studying uh, nature and observing times and observing months or moons or observing how things die and, you know, live and come to the conclusion of some infinite supreme being and investing in that infinite supreme being and say, you know what, I'm going to dedicate my life to this supreme being because it is infinite. I'm going to declare to the world that we are the protectors and trustees of this entity, even though it can protect itself, but to ensure a form of physical security, you know, because a tree can't just run and go and attack somebody. A plant can't go and attack somebody. The sun can't run on legs and attack somebody. Water can't run and attack somebody. But it can kill in the form of a tsunami, and it can kill in the form of um, air mixed with water to form a, a cyclone or, you know, a tempestuous, uh, something tempestuous and then go and kill somebody. The earth can quake. The wind can blow super hard and blow somebody, you know, somewhere. It can rain, hail. It can, you understand what I'm saying? These are the things that nature can do to protect itself, but to preserve it. There was a divine purpose for us, and we eventually recognize that once you start to see the patriarchs starting to observe and interact with nature. And then they come to some some conclusion that, hey, this is our God, so we are going to dedicate our whole entire life and existence to this entity because it is in me and I am in it. But I understand that at the end that this entity is bigger than me because it can be the sun, the moon, water, air, fire, plants, and any other physical element and control them all at the same time with a single breath. Man can imitate that through uh, some form of artistry or some form of, uh, well, I can just say some form of artistry in uh, sciences. But we come to the conclusion 
at this particular point where you guys are here at Tribes and you guys have received documents and two of those documents just so happens to be dun, da, 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 divine covenant and declaration of faith. And what you guys have basically went over uh, was to help you understand why you have those documents, why you have the divine covenant, why you have the declaration of faith. What is the, why are these scriptures that are posted as a reference to divine covenant, why are they why are they needed? So that you can understand or get a better understanding of what is a divine con or a divine covenant. What does this covenant have to do with you in relation to Moses? What does this covenant have to do with you in relation to Israel? What does this covenant have to do with you and Sarah or you and Isaac or you and Jacob? That is because you are the descendants of these people who we were told in times past that these people disseminated into, they, they, they amalgamated into society, they died out, they just became lost. And in some, some degree that was true. You were lost because you didn't know that was taken away from you. And when you take your customs away from a people, I, you know, I, I was just speaking to uh, somebody today trying to get them to understand how, from what I've been able to gather from contracts in the way that we operate in the United States, is that contract law is everything in this particular government. It is the binding, contract law is the binding law between two people. And it creates the custom amongst the people. It is the thing that the people agree to do and not do while trying to cohabit under different jurisdictions. When you're dealing with people like Moses, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who had families, you know, residing in these different areas like uh, Syria, or today it's known as Assyria, but, uh, or Chaldea, and then they are trying to find themselves within these different, quote-unquote, countries. But they were all of different bloodlines who created, you know, who eventually of these bloodlines, they created their established nations, but it was just that one man named Abraham who decided that because he understood something about, he he understood something about nature that maybe a lot of people at his time did not quite make practical. Because I have to, I'm going to be honest, with you, you guys have to understand that we lived, or you have Abraham, who was the son of Terah, who grew up during the time uh, where uh, Nimrod and his descendants were orchestrating this this quote unquote globalization of that particular time. So, which we're calling the Hebrew faith, wasn't just disseminated amongst us, 
even though we we knew about it, it wasn't just it wasn't just carried out by us. You had Hamite Hebrews or Cushite Hebrews or Putite Hebrews or Mizraim Hebrews. But what happened is they did not take their stewardship and use it for the benefit of the people that they were trying to govern. So you have to understand how nature eventually works where it creates an enemy to dismantle this particular government and restore it through another entity, which just so happens to be Abraham at this particular time. If you read the book of Jasher, it will it talks about Terah and uh, Abraham and how Abraham was prophesied to dismantle the quote unquote Hamite uh, the Hamite regime because they conspired to quote unquote battle with the Most High at the title uh, uh, Tower of Babel. Maybe I'm a little bit more concise with that, but if you read it, what you what I'm saying to you, it will you will see it there. But now we're at a point where we did the exact same thing. Our people turned our backs on the entity that we eventually, you know, came to the terms that we were going to serve. And we we notified the contract because we didn't keep our end of the bargain. But now we reestablish it now because we have a awareness of self now. There is an awareness of the things that we did wrong. So then we reestablish the quote-unquote covenant as a form of treaty, as it says right here, covenant, a treaty, a common law action to recover damages for a breach of contract under seal. Is a way of rectifying with the rectifying and reconciling with our Creator for our differences and any injuries that may have occurred. I think it's an injury when you insult your husband, or it's an injury where the wife is felt neglected. But when the wife is given everything that you can ever imagine, and then to quote-unquote cheat on the husband by fornicating outside of the marriage contract, then there is a breach of contract. And so the husband has to do away or divorce the wife, which is what happened to us. And I kind of call it like a separate. I wanted to call it a separation because at one period of time, we were still worshiping our God under captivity. But then that, that was no more once we were removed from our heritage and once we had that stripped from us. So we were completely divorced. But now we are, re, we are reorganizing our marriage. We are reorganizing our differences that we have. But in order for us to do that, we have to understand where we went wrong. And I think that's why the people become stagnant 
in terms of getting at this particular point or what you guys have come to is like hearing you guys and then hearing myself and just remember when priests, you know, gave the same information that I'm now teaching to you guys is he said it tonight. He said it just seems so simple to you guys. Like you simplified the thinking. It's not over the top. It's within the bounds of reasoning, and it's logical, and that is going to help you further when you get into uh, and when you get into making this stuff practical. One of the things that I thought was pretty interesting um, when it uh, came to both these words uh, in relation to the documents that you already have is the fact that we already went over it. But I will ask this. I'm going to go down the line. I'll ask every last one of you guys. Starting, with, I'm going to do it backwards. Octia Nisha, considering what, and maybe you have already answered this, um, Considering what you were able to gather from uh, this lesson of covenant and faith, how do you how do you rationalize just in your own words? How do you rationalize those two documents that you have now, which is the divine covenant and declaration of faith? How do you rationalize those after you went over this particular um, lesson? Um, the actual documents about the, the you know declaration of faith and the divine covenant now coupled with the definition is just simply that it defines that which we are doing and stating for and on public record. These are documents that we're signing and that we're holding within our nation capital, which binds us to that which we say we're going to do. So if we act outside of those contracts, it's more damaging for us. Even the said street Negro that's out on the street and hustling and bustling to get by and hitting brick walls that nature puts up in front of them, they are even binded to the contract, even though their ancestors breached it a long time ago. Mm Mm-hmm. Someone has said to me, well, what if I decide to put the Bible down? And I just say, hey, I don't want to deal with it. I'm like, well, you can do that, but it's not like the laws are not going to follow you around. It just <laughs> is what it is. Like, there, in life, there's rules for everything. Like, right. if you ever really noticed it and you ever really looked at it from a metaphysical standpoint or just even being a fly on the wall and living your life to a certain age, even by the age of eight 
or 12 or 13, you start to see the patterns in things. And an uh, adolescent can begin to realize that there are game, there are rules to this game of life, period. And you can't sidestep them. When you sidestep them, the judgment or punishment might not show up right away, and you might think you got away with it. But then later down the road in your life, four or five years, something smacks you in your face and you're like, what is this happening now? And if you're really in tune to the creator, the reasons will be either something that you did or something you need to learn. Like either Mm -hmm. something you did that needs a thought process that needs to be corrected or a thought process that needs to be corrected for something that he's preparing you for that's coming up. So there are games and there are rules to this existence that no one can escape. And for the everyday street Negro, it's worse for you because it's like punishment is set up for us. So because of the covenant that our ancestors established a long time ago, this is you that it's talking about. And this book is following you around, giving witness. And you don't even know that this book is a deed record and history of your people. You don't even know it, but it's following you around, even if you put it down. And because you are who you are, Punishment and justice will come swiftly to you. Mm-hmm. Other nations might be able to get away with it a little bit longer, but because you are who you are, it just is what it is. So that's what I see, like the the definitions of bring life to the actual documents and the documents being placed on public record within our nation is holding us accountable to the fact that we are supposed to know what it is we are agreeing to. And this class is just solidifying it. And with that, I yield. Praise the Lord. Tell our RT. Uh, Gavin, what do you, uh, with what you learned based off of uh of these two lessons and with you already having the documents, how does how do these lessons now help help you to better understand the doc these two documents? Shalom. Shalom brother, Shalom Nation. Uh, when I uh, <clears throat> you know, the uh the divine covenant and the declaration of, of the faith that we have in our hands here Related to the lesson from the scriptures, I say that we are embodied. Uh, I conclude it as an embodiment of faith and the belief and the facts of, of what we represent totally as a nation coming together to reflect um, a unified 
thought process. And like the sister was just saying, not just through scriptures and words, but through uh, um, an embodiment of one unified um, way to make decisions and to make, um, you know, uh, to be on the same page of a certain agreement in order to go forward. You know, when we have our families, if we don't have kids yet, or those those who have kids in this nation can pass on the, uh, our um, our inheritance from an ancestral point of view and from uh, a spiritual guided point of view. Uh, you know, and I conclude, you know, that um, it's... Uh, it's 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 divine. It's called a divine covenant because it embodies a superior way of thinking, a higher way of thinking, which is considered to be um, embodying purity. Uh, you know, not just being color coded purity, but purity as in um, I want to say. Exact and and clean to uh, be able to move on to, to a higher level from wherever we are in our lives um, without certain obstacles that are that are mostly in our lives when we're from our younger ages to all the way to uh, an adult age. We could just live pass on the torch where you know, like the Bible says, um, there'll be no tomorrow, no more you know that song, no tomorrow, no more sorrow, no more dying, no more crying. Ah, you know, a lot of that's a lot of those reasons why we cry and when we do die it won't be sad or it won't be of a destructive behavior why we leave the physical life. But um, those things we should understand uh, while we're invited into this divine union. And with that, I do. (laughs) Shalom, brother. That was really interesting when you said it's a divine union. (laughs) (laughs) No, like, no, I I don't think people just caught it. And when you said it, I was just kind of like, wow, you know what? it, It was a reflection of what I was talking about. I was just like, wow. He's right. It is a divine union. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. Turn out for that, brother. Um, Atiariano, I know that you've uh, read the documents before, and you have went over. You you know you told me you told the class that you went over the lesson. So how um, how do you see the documents now? Like. What are your thoughts on the documents now to going over this particular lesson? Um, actually, now it gave me a deeper um, sense of um, understanding and clarification. As a matter of fact, I'm going to make it real simple on um, how I see the two documents now and sum it up like briefly, quickly, in, in a few words. The Declaration of Faith, which is the public document, um, I see this as a document that I will be using to publicly declare or announce and make it known 
who I am, what I believe, and who I believe in. That's for the public. And then the divine covenant, the private one, is the one that Brother Priest would be keeping for the records in the nation um, as um, witness to, you know, this covenant that I've entered into between me, the Most High, and the nation. Um, and I think one of the brothers have referred to it as kind of like the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, that gave me, because I never understood that Trinity thing, because the, the churches, you know, they do a whole, another whole thing with that. Um, and with that, I yield. Praise the Most High. Thank you for that, Octi. Bach, mm-hmm. Eric, and Consort. I know that we 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 visited the documents before, and we visited it again. Uh, with you actually going over this particular lesson, how does how does your I guess you can say how do you see the documents now? Is there anything different about it that you didn't notice it before, or did it just confirm uh, or make any different? different um, revelations for you, I yield. Salam, brother. Um, I would say it just shows or reveals that, you know, this is the real deal. You know, you hear people speaking and you read things, but once you actually have to put something on paper, you know, it's the real thing. You're going to be held accountable for what you put on paper and it's going to be in the public. So just knowing that it's going to be publicly known, what you know to be true, who you say you are, you're going to have to live up to that. And um, it just shows that you have to have a recommitment to these new ideas that you didn't have before. You're going to have to have a recommitment to these ideas that are, I guess what you would say, were already within you but they were kind of embedded because you didn't really know what was really going on. Um, right. So having the documents there kind of just solidifies everything for me to let me know that, you know, um, you really have to buckle down and be about your business with that idea. So that, Aki. Aki, Eric? I agree with my consult, and uh, just uh, put it all in, in, you know, not say too much. It all started from the C class thought, how he said, uh, how he, you have to de-wash your mind and get prepared for uh, what you were about to go through compared to as what you came from or came out of, or was taught in life. And it's just a, a, a re-enlightenment of, of, of life and, and idol God worshiping. And the real deal is the law, and that is the freedom, is the law. And uh, not uh, via religion. And with that, I Yes, sir. I just want to say this last quick thing because then we're about to get ready to adjourn. Um, 
Octi uh, Crystal said something that was really, really interesting. She said, one is put on paper, then you're forced to, you know, and in summation, you just have, you're forced to see it for what it really is. And, you know, just, you know, Abraham and, you know, his descendants at that particular time, you know, they didn't have paper, but they did have their words and they did have their actions. So when people saw that they were doing this, it was a mysterious thing to them because it's like, well, who are these people who are just so, you know, who are these people who just, you know, they just, they, they just not think that they're better, you know, people will call it prudential, but who are these people and what is this thing, you know, that they do where they're worshiping thing they're worshiping something that they can't see. And what people are not understanding is that it's not the fact that they're worshiping something that they can't see. It's that they respect something that is there that is tangible but not tangible. Corporal but not, but also incorporal because you you have to understand a lot of what we think is at the will of the most high as well. So it's a it's an incorporal thing as well. Um it's um people at the time had to be kinda almost, you know, horrified at seeing people walk around and prosper. I think, you know, I think the misconception about what the Hebrew faith was like and probably still is at the time is that, you know, you probably had a whole bunch of tree huggers and uh, people meeting with trees and meeting with flowers and, you know, uh, you know they worship the sun and baking cookies and stuff like that. I think that is what people have grown accustomed to thinking because at some point in time, people did do that because they had a misunderstanding of the faith. And what they did not realize is that this faith that we, you know, have adopted for ourselves um, was what helped us to, I guess you can say, create a government that became the matrix for all the other different matrices, the the other different uh government platforms, any type of platform. I mean, you can literally, it's a, it's the seed of an apple that just becomes another seed for an apple, that just becomes another seed for an apple, that just becomes another seed for an apple. Um, and, you know, how are these people walking around and, you know, agreeing to do things, you know, you know, without actually feeling like, oh, that other person is not trustworthy. There was a certain level of trust there because we had embedded in, we had indoctrinated ourselves with the understanding that if we don't do it, then we knew that there was a force that was bigger than any and all of us that was going to come upon us and rot all kinds of damn evil. (laughs) So, you know, I just want people to, I want us to 
get to a point where we can say, you know what, this road is going to be hard, but it is damn sure worth the try to learn how we can we can learn how to love each other again and we can learn how to connect with our creator again and be in harmony with our creator. Um, it doesn't hurt to try. I think that's what people are afraid to do because they've been so, uh, they've been, in, you know, conditioned, you know, in ego. You know, that's just how we are. But now we'll face, the, you know, we're forced to face this real hard reality now that, we got to go back. <laughs> I mean, we tried it on our own. We tried to do things on our own. We tried to synthesize these different religions and customs, and we tried to uh, observe the ways of the heathen. We tried to adopt their ways of life, and we tried to eat the foods that they eat, listen to the music that they listen to, which is still our music. Uh, we tried to adopt a lot of the customs in, in terms of, speaking, which are the ways that we ended up doing, you know, the language that we, you know, we gave them, um, but, you know, and it, this was basically to have a piece of ourselves that we eventually lost. It was called something else, but it was there. But now we have to go back to what is ours. <laughs> um And a lot of people say, well, you're not. Well, if we're not, then who? Because the people, you know, who have been uh, declared de facto, and uh, I guess you would say uh, clandestinely uh, uh, declared de jure Israel, have been also recognized as not being the real Israel. So these people are not the real Israel, and there has been all kinds of uh, pebbles that have been leading down this path between this book and us and so many different histories uh, or so many different recorded uh, uh, deeds and acts on record of us being and doing certain different things that leads and routes itself right back to this book. You cannot, you can't run from, you can't run from the truth. You can't. Um, so we have to reestablish ourselves in this covenant. This is our way of making peace with our creator. I think we at this particular point, we want to make peace because we got to stop this killing. We got to stop this, this, this premature death amongst our youth, amongst our siblings. We got to stop this hate that's going on between our people, this disunity. This lack of confidence when it comes to trusting each other in terms of business and governing each other and being each other's keeper, we gotta stop it. And what better what better way to stop it than going back to a law that says, "Do this, do that, don't do this, and don't do that." And these are laws that we created. It gotta start somewhere. So with that being said and done, I'm glad that all of you have went over the information and that it resonated with you guys. It is now four minutes after ten. Um, 
I will open up the next lesson for next week so that we can continue forth. Um, this time I'm going to make sure that I check those lessons um, so that you guys don't end up with the devil and devil's um, folder. What I mean is I, I don't want you guys to end up with any more empty folders. So I'll try to uh, make sure that uh, before I um, have it, before you have access that these are the things that you need to go over. So with that being said, I will now adjourn uh, this evening. Congress is now adjourned. I'll see you guys next week. Much love to you. Shalom, shalom. 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 shalom.